The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22-23. But now the question is... USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. Oh, what? You know, portaled from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. It's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignments. They both big pencils. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back. And the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. Well, that would be uh, in keeping, Doug, with what's gone on at Arizona State through the years. He, Doug just walked in, Doug Blair, and said, I can't remember the game. We blew a three-touchdown lead at Arizona State. That was in Daryl's time, so that would be 1998 and before. It's hard for me to imagine the Beavers with a three-touchdown lead at Arizona State in, that, in a window before then, but evidently they did contrive to do that leaving the Beavers with just one win in 53 years in Tempe. That is not a good run, and neither is my microphone. It's broken. Thankfully, Glenn is here, but my microphone is broken. So do you have to swing the other one around, the third man microphone over there, and swing it around uh, perhaps? That or? is possible. Okay, I will keep talking here for a moment and give the uh, lay of the land for the show today you want to try that one and see if it's any is it any better as we bring up the third man mike is it better okay okay we'll kill the other one then thank you and john is uh, cue up your anton karras because he's going with the third man microphone i can hear it in the background right and you see now, it sort of answers a question about, you know, as the Beavers prepare, it appears as though young Ben will be the quarterback of record again, Ben Goldbranson, because there is a sense, I think, of, of Chance trying to come all the way back. Limited, yeah, he's limited, and I think mobility is a little bit of it, and I think it, it may have to do with the, the neck wrenching and the concussion protocol and all of that, that at Utah at the time that it, it happened, because he got up and continued to play, there was a sense of, oh, he'll be okay. He's okay. You know what I mean? If you keep playing, but that also could have been a function of adrenaline that can mask and hide how you really, what your body really is doing, what's happening to your body. And not long thereafter, he had to come out and he's not returned. And that's interesting to me. And I only bring that up, not because we're going to, talk about the quarterback position here at great length. Although if you have some things you'd like to say about Ben, his growth, what you've seen, his development, feel free to jump in. 
along the way today. Open phones and texts here in the first 20 minutes or so. A conversation I'm really looking forward to having. And shots. Running and. And don't go running to him, Tommy Overstreet sang back in the 70s. But if he was singing it to Ann Schott, she would say, I can't help myself. I am going to go running. And don't go running, Tommy Overstreet. And running and shots at 11.30 today. She has the call tonight on Pac-12 Oregon with Eldridge Rakasner, the Beaver men's basketball team, hosting the Bushnell Beacons out of the city of Eugene, the campus, which has been around there a long time, adjacent to the University of Oregon, formerly Northwest Christian College, formerly Eugene Divinity School back when it first opened, formerly Northwest Christian University, now Bushnell University. Uh, Bushnell, and, and yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I've done some research. Somebody said, you better do your research, Parker. And so I tried, and, and I found a few notes about the history of the institution. Why they changed it exactly, I don't know. But it is now Bushnell University, and they're coming to play basketball against the Beavers tonight at Gill Coliseum, a 7.30 airtime here on 1240 Joe Radio. Ann Schatz will have the call of the game tonight, but she's also... For us, and I don't know how many games she's done. I've not been able to, the schedule just hasn't allowed for me to see. Ann called a lot of the games last year for men's soccer. I don't think she's had as many this year based on what, yeah, based on what she shared with us before. But you know she's had a couple for sure. Right. Oh, she was calling the game that particular night? Okay. So she is up to speed in a very real sense, better than we are, having called them, seen them, prepared for them, to talk about what is almost a late-blooming kind of team, it seems, this year. Uh, Early on, if somebody would have said after the first couple of weeks of the season that the Beavers would once again be hosting in the NCAA regionals, I think there might have been some doubts about that proposition. But they've... I understand. No, I, so you should, if your name was Renee, I would be tempted to say, hey, don't walk away, Renee, but your name isn't Renee and your name is John. So I say to you, do walk away, John. It doesn't have the same ring as the old musical tune that T.J. Matthewson, I'm sure, sings every day in the shower. It's a good little tune, isn't it? Don't walk away, Renee. You can hear it now in your own hearing and you love it. And so do I. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. Glenn Noble has just walked in because don't walk away. Johnny walked away to get him yeah, to go to work on this microphone issue and other processing issues and issues to try to get basketball on tonight. So what's going on right here behind the scenes will help the effort going forward to make sure that we have Bushnell Beaver basketball tonight. Uh, from Gill Coliseum with a 7.30 airtime. Ann and Eldridge with the call on television. Coming up today, a conversation I'm looking forward to having again about (laughs) the annual conversation about Arizona State athletics in general, football in particular. Doug Haller, the outstanding journalist for The Athletic, who has covered Arizona State sports for many years, Doug Haller will join us. He's written, he's not the day-to-day sort of Arizona State 
beat writer. Michelle Gardner is, and she also yeah. has been on the show and is a tremendous guest, more on the nuts and bolts of the the day-to-day operations for the Sun Devils programs in men's hoops and football. But Doug Heller has that sort of big-picture, long-time season journalist. Which is good. And he contributes to the athletic columns that take sort of mm-hmm. that, that uh, bigger-picture view. So that, for example, when Herm Edwards was fired after three weeks, three games into the season, Doug wrote a long-form article in The Athletic entitled The Rise and Fall of Herm Edwards at Arizona State and Arizona State's Failed Experiment was the headline of the article. Then Doug, a week or two later, weighed in, or a couple of weeks later, in fact, maybe just two weeks ago, when I look at the timeline, updating Arizona State's coaching search, 20 questions to ask. And so Doug Haller doesn't cover day-to-day stuff, but he is covering... Arizona State Athletics in kind of that big picture, 30,000-foot view from his perch for the outstanding publication, The Athletic. And Doug Haller will join us at 12.05 today to talk again, as I'm sure the people down there get tired. Well, they're sleeping. How come the giant doesn't ever wake up? That's what I was going to ask you. He can speak to, to that issues, which is what we were looking for. Not day-to-day, but someone who's been there for decades and can speak to that issue. Did it work for them to scale down the stadium size? Right. How has that been met with Mm -hmm. the fans? I know we could talk to TJ, but but Holler goes back decades and can know and talk about the history of the program. By the way, Glenn came in, turned a dial, and fixed it. And it's not unlike when you – if you're in a kitchen – and someone messes with a dial, or if you have settings on something, and someone has settings, whether it's in your cubicle or in your office, uh, someone came in here and, and turned a dial that shouldn't have been turned, and you, you'd have to go out of your way to turn that dial. A knee could not bump into it and turn that mm-hmm. dial. Mm-hmm. So the solution shall begin. It's a little bit like a, a poor Richard Nixon's secretary rose somebody or other when she was trying to help uh, uh, you know tricky dicky out a little bit by mm-hmm. saying well i i must have accidentally <laughs> the 18 minutes or 17 minutes of erased tapes uh-huh. that what happened to the just as the subject of the cover the cover story for watergate and all that came then 17 minutes disappeared <laughs> how rose tried to say well my foot you know, I, I had to lean a long way this way, and, and I somehow, and every, and they reenacted it in the hearings. You actually want us to believe that you had to reach back like this <laughs> instead of just moving your chair over and getting up and going, ah, uh, well, y- yeah. <laughs> it was pathetic. <laughs> Felt sorry for her. She was a good soldier trying to stay true to help her president out, but it was yeah. just a flat-out, bald-faced yeah. lie. I was too young to remember the details on that. I have seen all the president's men, though. It's a good good movie. move. Very good. So Doug Haller on The Sleeping Giant at 12.05. That'll be good. And one of his colleagues wrote, and this is this I found interesting, right out of the gate, you, rem- you may remember this, uh, Johnny, Ari Wasserman, a writer at The Athletic, something about Arizona State, a sleeping giant. They need Kenny Dillingham to wake them up out of their coma <laughs> and made the strong argument like, hey, you don't need a search. 
You don't need to hire a search firm. You don't need to do anything else, Arizona State. Hire Kenny Dillingham, and he'll wake up the giant, and it'll be on. Arizona State football will gain traction quickly and early and go and get big. Yeah, I don't know that I don't know that uh, they're a sleeping giant anymore. I don't look at them that way. I used to, along with everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, sunshine, warmth, all of that. Yes. But that has ended for me because of certain coaches that have been through in the last 20 years who couldn't get the job done, including Dennis Erickson. Our own Dennis, who got out 8-0. and Yeah. And then went 19-28 and the rest of the time. I mean, they couldn't build to where it's a win year after year after yeah. year. And yes, they've reached the height of the Rose Bowl once. 96. And I think John, some Joe named John Cooper went in after the 86 season. I okay, believe. so... Yeah. But not to the point of the giant. Right. If you're a giant, right. you're 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 you know you're USC, UCLA, and old Washington and yeah. modern Oregon. You're that you're you're going every couple of years or Washington State for a little bit, but that was just a, a spike. It's not the giant anymore, and with too many snowbirds coming from different parts of the country to move there, the city and the area has grown exponentially. I was telling TJ I can remember in the '70s when Phoenix and Portland were very similar in size. Phoenix was a little bit bigger, but both markets only had the Suns and the Blazers. Then in the late '80s, the Cardinals moved to town, and that changed as far as the sports landscape. And then since then, it, Phoenix has exploded in population compared to Portland, and moved on to be able to have no trouble in in uh, supporting all these sports teams. I don't know why the Coyotes had to leave Glendale, play at Arizona State's new 5,000-seat arena. They've been having problems since the Coyotes went there, but everything else seems to flourish. And uh, I know we were at a baseball game when they were terrible in in the summertime, and people were were having a great time, and the place was about half full. You said it was a good crowd. Well, Doug Haller will engage with us about A little bit about the current situation, but more just the situation itself that has presented itself for decades at Arizona State. And the next hire that will be made, everybody, boy, this next hire is going to be an important one. It's a very important one, vitally important. And a lot of good coaches, including our own Dennis and Todd Graham and Dirk Cutter. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people who are very highly regarded and and very good coaches who've had tremendous success. Dennis was the coach of the year in his first year, went 10-2 and two, and went to the Holiday Bowl. And, and, and it looked, I thought Dennis, if anybody has a chance to kind of keep that, sure. get the giant awakened and keep him lumbering around for a while, would be Dennis. And he, why couldn't he answer setting. the beginning? Why couldn't he follow up? Yeah, it's a good question. I've never really, someday, I TJ, hope to have time to visit with Dennis about that. Yeah, TJ texted in while he's out yeah. there getting getting ready to get some audio. He says, people don't care. Well, why don't they care? Well, <laughs> it's a good question because Arizona State, you talked, maybe the population base wasn't yeah. large enough. They certainly cared in the Frank Cush era. And, that, and Doug was talking to us about how D would annually, and it's almost true. I went back to check the record, and Doug's mm-hmm. memories are, are solid in this respect. D beat Frank Cush head-to-head three times in Tempe. And the last time was in 1969, but he got him down there three different times, beat him four straight years, including a win in Portland, uh, but in 1971. But the last time the Beavers won in Tempe was under D over Frank Cush, the legendary coach in 1969 until Mike Riley did it 
in 2009, 40 years later. One time. One in- time in the last 53 years have the Beavers won in that stadium. Now, the Beavers, though, I think are going to make that a second time yeah. in our lifetime, yeah. essentially, this Saturday. I believe they and will. If they can get some healthy, they can't. They should. And even if they're not completely healthy, as Nick and others pressed yesterday in the media availability with Jonathan, that they did enough, even with backups and guys playing out of position a little bit, they, those guys responded well. Yeah. If they were going to a Utah or Washington or Oregon or USC underman uh, down in, in the injury ranks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd give the Beavers little chance, quite honestly, of winning a game if they were without certain key players. And this is not to completely disrespect Arizona State. Anybody, anybody in this league can get the other and very dangerous. Ask Chip Kelly right now about Jed Fish in Arizona in the Rose Bowl. So the Beavers have still got to play whatever their personnel or injury situation is. They've got to be locked into the task. I think they will be, and I think they're going to come back an 8-3 and three team. I do. Even with the weight of history against them, they managed to buck that last year in Los Angeles at the Coliseum and win there for the first time in 61 years. So I expect that to happen. But when TJ writes in, no one cares – that, of course, is sort of a blanket statement, young TJ. Nobody cares. I guess that's another way of saying not enough people care. But they certainly cared at one time and place about Arizona State football in particular to the point that, Johnny, this is a scene out of a movie, which we'll talk about after uh, after we visit today with Ann Schatz. Mm-hmm. And maybe even, in fact, after the conversation with Ann, before we bring on Doug Haller from The Athletic, we'll have open phone opportunities uh, through much of the rest of the show today. <laughs> now he says too many things to do. Well, too many other things to do. Okay, yeah, we'll get TJ. You guys will have plenty of time to weigh in on all of this on Friday <laughs> right, and on the right. tailgate show. But uh, TJ, to me, represents... Someone who's coming from somewhere else, Seattle, to go to school there. Right. And he's in that bubble. He soaked in there for four years. And he's there uh, He's there now, in this era, right yeah. now. But the question we're posing is uh, all-encompassing of the past 50 years. And, of where has it been? What happened to it? Well, Why yeah. hasn't it risen to, to better levels? The, and that, you go back 50 years, you go back to a completely different demographic. Well, that's what I'm asking. So you say snowbirds, nobody cares, too many other things to do, what, too many other sports and too many other sporting well, choices? Too sports, many other because it isn't mountains and it isn't well, uh, the, know, the, the beach. It's true. There's plenty of beautiful hiking trails and yeah. so on in the winter, and I get all of that. But when Frank Cush, and I'll just say this now before we break and come back with Ant Shots, This is the stuff of movies, John. Yeah. In The Legend of Frank Cush, 1958 to 1979, he was their head coach. He had a run, a stretch of games where he went 55 and 4. And he was unbelievable. I mean, but his popularity, the program's popularity. Now, there wasn't anything else really, I suppose, then. But I'm saying there was a time when Arizona State football was absolutely king in that market. I don't know what conference they were in, but they weren't in the, in the Pac-10 at no, the time. No, were, yeah, they weren't. But 
to the point after they joined the Pac, made it the Pac-10. The right. Pac-8 became the Pac-10 with the additions of the Arizona schools. There was a punter whom allegedly Cush, after a bad punt in a game that cost Arizona State a game, Cush, who was known for, I mean, just absolute volatility, mm-hmm. one of these old school Woody Hayes almost, you did that to me, yeah. and this punter then left, after he left the program, alleged physical and verbal abuse and said that Cush hit him in the mouth after that bad punt, and then Cush, in the ensuing investigation, uh, tried to, he got fired, because not so much even for that incident, but trying mm-hmm. to get coaches and assistant coaches and other players to lie for him, to cover Ooh. for him. Bad stuff at the I end. I know of, that was the end of Frank. Yeah, bad Bush. stuff at the end of Cush's life. However, when the news got out that this putter had made these allegations, a mob forms of Arizona State fans going to this putter's father's insurance office in the Phoenix area and burned his office down. Whoa. I mean, that's in the modern era, Doc. I mean, this is 1979 Whoa. when this story and, broke. And yeah, torches? because of supporting Cush, yeah. their great winning coach. Wow. And then Cush was allowed, they announced his firing. He was allowed to coach his final game. The Sun Devils beat the sixth-ranked Washington Huskies 12-7 to at Sun Devil Stadium. And Cush was carried off the field by... Wow. His players who stood by him in solidarity while this putter made these allegations that brought Frank Cush right around that same time, poor Woody Hayes with his punch, yeah. right around that time, I think in 78, for Woody against Clemson and Charlie Bauman. <laughs> it was almost a sign of the time that both those guys kind of yeah. went out at yeah. the same time, old school, tough as nails. Could have been World War II vets. Yeah, I mean, that, who knows? You know, that's what boot yeah. camp was like. I mean, there was a lot of old coaches from the in the eighties that were from World War Two, and they were still in their fifties and sixties, right. and doing that. Yeah, because the way I understand the, how things were in training and all that—that's what they brought to it, and it worked for a while, and then it didn't. But but it, not the crazy but all physical to say, stuff. All of that to say. Cush and Arizona State football absolutely was the king in the Valley of the Sun for decades. We take a break. We come back with Ann Schatz. Thanks for joining us today. Doug Haller will speak to some of that at 12.05. Open phones and texts on 12.40. Joe Radio. Get a great deal on versatile Kubota equipment today, like Kubota BX and L-Series compact tractors. Part of Kubota's tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. Plus, C-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles. Stop by Lynn Benton Tractor today and bring home the Kubota L2501 tractor for $0 down, 0% APR, plus save up to $1,000 now through December 31st. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com. For more details. The outside to the left and jogs in. Touchdown, Beaver! It takes a team effort to score a touchdown. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning, monthly business bookkeeping, or just need some help with strategy. With over 45 years in business, the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis can help. See David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to execute the game plan and score a touchdown every time. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com and get into the game. Touchdown, Beavers! Hey, everyone. If you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. 
the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre-owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come, experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to mypowerhonda.com. Hey, this is Jake with Hyundai of Albany, inviting all of you to our Black Friday Winter Sales event going on now until the end of the month. We are offering 0.9% financing on 10 different models like the award-winning Kona and the all-new redesigned Hyundai Tucson. Act now and get $2,500 off of all of our Kona EVs in stock. Receive three years complimentary maintenance and America's best warranty for 10 years or 100,000 miles. Come visit Hyundai of Albany now or visit us online at HyundaiofAlbany.com to save big this holiday season. The Joe Beaver Show continues. Mike Parker with John Warren. Doug Haller from The Athletic at 12.05. <laughs> the legend of Frank Cush. Well, <laughs> he may know a little bit about it. He wasn't covering Sun Devil football in that era. But that is indeed. That's an amazing story. When the Sun Devils were king. And that you told community. me that he went on to the NFL. Went on to the NFL and, and tried to bring long. those elements, you know, that more, uh, the stricter approach, and it didn't work. Which in is the interesting NFL. because... Even back then, you could almost get away with it. So he must have been really bad. Great football coach. You couldn't get away with hitting anybody. No. The whole, you know. Yeah, all of that. Stuff, drill camp or whatever. Yeah, and so we'll deal with that again at 12.05. It's a pleasure to shift gears a bit and visit with a good friend uh, to all of us, a good friend to the show and for many years, a colleague in the profession, uh, an honor to welcome Ann Schatz, who will be on the call tonight on the television side for the Beavers and Bushnell, the Beacons, coming up from Eugene to play the Beavs. And will also, I think, be able to help us understand a little bit about what Terry Boss's team has accomplished in getting a bye in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Ann, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good to connect with you again. How are you today? Gentlemen, I'm I'm great. I cut the tail end of uh, the Frank Cush thing, and I'm going to be tuning in to, to get some more on that. Hey, well, no. that's not really the upshot of the uh, conversation with Doug Haller. Cush's era spanned 1958 to 1979, and and uh, I'm sure you you could you have a thought on this. We're not going to be breaking down the Frank Cush career per se, but that was a time when Arizona State was king in that market down there, and we've all wondered why they haven't had greater sustained success in football, but since the Cush era, they really haven't, and it, it puzzles many of us outside the market 
why they can't gain greater traction. I'm sure you've given that a thought or two over the years as well. It seems like they would have everything in place to become a powerhouse in all sports there. Well, what don't they have in place, to your point, uh, guys? I mean, what don't they have in place uh, in terms of everything that would entice uh, great great athletes and coaches and administration? Um, it, it is a head-scratcher, to be sure. And it's been a long, and I remember the Frank Kush era uh, very, very well. And remember when Arizona State was the big dogs and mm-hmm. in football, and boy, it has been a while. Yep. The stadium uh, expanded all the way into – 70,000 range. They've mm-hmm. contracted to 53. And so anyway, we look forward to talking to Doug Haller about a lot of things next hour. We're glad to have you on now and to talk a little bit about the basketball game tonight. It's sort of a, yep. a quirk of scheduling. The games like this don't happen too often where it doesn't count for Bushnell. It's an exhibition for the Beacons, but a counting game for the Beavers and one, quite frankly, after the solid 2-0 start that I expect the Beavers will take care of business in. What's jumped out to you a little bit just about this game that you get to call with Eldridge tonight? Well, I'm going to summon up ghosts of Kyler Kelly. I know that. Uh, The the former Bushnell guy that went on to do great things for Oregon State. I I hope he's watching somehow, some way across the pond. Uh, But but as as far as Oregon State is concerned, you know, this game, folks can poo-poo it all they want. And you can immediately go to the final score and roll your eyes and say, see, I told you, if it plays out the way most figure it will. But I, I just don't think I, that's not how Wayne operates. And it's not how a guy operates knowing that every single possession of every game coming off of a year like last year is absolutely critical for this team of youngsters and new faces. And this is a, a great opportunity for Wayne to get a look at different combinations, give guys extended minutes that may not get those kinds of minutes in, in other games, higher profile games perhaps. Let the freshmen, gentlemen, let these freshmen that are trying so hard to be impact perfect players, let them understand how to breathe and how to operate and how to impact games without having to score points or go a million miles a minute. That's why this game is important. Mm-hmm. And Wayne will have these guys prepped. He will scout uh, Bushnell because they've got some really good shooters on this club. They really do. And uh, Wayne Wayne will have them ready. And I'm excited to call this game because I want to see these youngsters wearing beaver gear in action, and I want to see the camaraderie that I've been hearing about with my own two eyes. I'm excited to see it. And it's a good game for a team like Oregon State that already is 2-0. They had to fight for it, but they're 2-0. And yet there's so many different players. Like you said, it, it's, uh, it's all about finding the right combination for other games. And you always work that out when you have a new team. But when you have all but three that are brand new, this would be a game, kind of an extra game to help you do that. But don't you think, Ann, that as a coach, you want to approach it as, hey, we should be way up. Okay, so that's our goal is to get to where we should be. And that is in a good blowout-type situation as early as possible. And that means playing our hardest, doing everything right, and then worry about everything else. Isn't that the approach you take? Oh, oh, heck yeah. I mean, you want to come out of the shoots throwing the first punches, and and you want to come out uh, you know, basically saying, this is how the game is going to go, Bushnell. Um, Have a nice night. Uh, We're really glad you're here. But we're gonna we're, we're gonna do our thing, and we're gonna make you very uncomfortable, and we're gonna have you chasing, 
and we're going to have you not daring to look at the scoreboard because we are going to put this away early. Of course, that's what Oregon State wants to do, and you know, you know put the put the will of the Beavers on Bushnell. Now, you know, we Bushnell has um, you know for a long, long time, and for, for many years, you know, they'll take on D1 opponents in this this same scenario where when they play Oregon for a long, long, they've played Oregon for many, many, many years, uh, you know, and it doesn't count, you know, Luke Jackson, right, was, was yeah. coaching Bushnell, the former great at Oregon. So, you know, it wouldn't count against Bushnell. And, you know, on occasion, they would keep things kind of close for the first few minutes. That's not what Lane is looking at at all tonight. He wants the predictable blowout to play out, mm-hmm. but he also wants it to, to, he wants to do it in a classy sense and in a sense where he still gets to see a lot of guys in different scenarios with different locations. There's a, there's a madness and a method to, to this game tonight. And, you know, I, I think Wayne likes his chances. We all do, but uh, let's see what Bushnell has to say about this. Absolutely. And Wayne, as you, uh, you've already visited with him, you'll probably talk with him a little bit more uh, later today. And Ann Schatz joining us. You'll have the call tonight with Eldridge Rakasner on uh, the Pac-12 network. And, and that is the respect Wayne has for any opponent and for that program yeah. and even a sense of indebtedness to Luke Jackson for the whole relationship that was fostered through Bill Case and others to bring Kyler Kelly to the Oregon State program through what was then known as NCU. Yeah, yeah and, and bingo, Mike, bingo. And, you know, I remember calling a game uh, when Kyler had landed at, at Oregon State and thinking, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, digging around and, and because, you know, this, he just jumped, literally jumped off the court, off the page. Uh, and, and to know of his beginnings at Bushnell, I mean, <laughs> I have a lot of respect for the school. I have a lot of respect for Eddie Alexander, mm-hmm. his son and his brother who coached with him. Um, some of the really great players that have come through that system, uh, the Sand family, Stevie Schleyback, who's going to become their all-time scorers in the NAIA era. Uh, Spencer Hoffman. They, they've got some players, guys. So uh, I you know right now they're, they're loving hearing all this, saying, oh, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, blowout, okay, 50 at half, mm-hmm. huh? You know they're loving it. Yeah. And, and, and let's, see, let's see if they can uh, rattle some cages a little bit. And, Ann, as you mentioned, too, anytime you have, and they do have good three-point shooting they're good shooters and good three-point shooting and that that's a game changer when you got guys that can get hot and fill it up you can hang around a while sure you can you know you've got the three for two situation mike absolutely you know obviously the big bodies of oregon state should give bushnell absolute fits and uh let's see let's see if oregon state can run a little bit and and see if they can take the legs away from some of these three-point shooters for Bushnell. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm really looking forward to it. Are we going to see you on more uh, Oregon State basketball this year, men and women? Not men. I've got one more men's game after this with Portland State. So, you know, two in one week is bonus time for me, but then the well runs dry uh, with Wayne and the boys, I'm sorry to say, because Coach Tickle is one of my favorite coaches of all time. Um, uh, but I've got a bunch of the Oregon State women's games, and I'm yeah. very happy about that. I will see you Saturday. I have Mike's call for both games, in fact, on Saturday. Oh, gosh, that's right. It's Saturday. Thanks. <laughs> okay, good. Good, John. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so I'll see you across the court uh, there. Okay, let's 
talk about soccer or did you have another yeah. question? I had basketball. one last thing to ask okay. about hoops and, yeah. and, and, yeah, and that is when you, when you talk about one of your favorite coaches is Wayne, I, I'm curious to know, I, I, I really admire what he's up to this year with this roster and this group and putting together a roster that he's talked about. Yeah, we're going to get a group we can coach and we can develop and look them in the eye and, and mm. some things that there may have been some disconnects because of the COVID era and not being able to properly vet the whole roster situation. It feels to me, Anne, as though this group, this staff, their conscientiousness to building this roster has really been impressive. What have you sort of observed and even heard from Wayne about all of that? Uh, Mike, it's, it's spot on, and, and I'm, you know, and, and yeah, let's talk about this for a few minutes because it's 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 that man's heartbeat and his staff's heartbeat in terms of character and culture. Now, those words are overused; we know that uh, they're buzzwords, blah blah blah. But when it comes to an old dog like Wayne, and this is coming from me, an old dog, uh, those words matter. And when you can look someone in the eye and shake their hand and know that they matter to them as well. Now you're cooking. Now you've got something going. When you have guys that are accountable to themselves without dad coming in the room, Wayne coming in the room, in other words, when you've got guys that will self-report to each other, I missed that, I missed that defensive assignment. I didn't run that one hard. I let that 50-50 ball go. That's on me. That's my bad. I'll be better. When you have those guys doing that amongst each other and not waiting for the teacher to come in, the dad, the principal to come in, you know you've got – you're cooking. You're cooking with gas. And I think that's what these guys have. What I don't see is finger pointing. I don't see people counting touches. I don't see a lot. I don't see jealousy. I don't see folks looking down at a kid like Jordan Pope that comes in and says, I'll take the keys to the car, uh, coach, and I'll, I'm going to take good care of us until we can get right back. Uh, I see guys that are accountable. And that's as big as big a word to me as the other two. And <laughs> Wayne and his guys, Wayne and his staff, went out with that top of mind. As he always says, you know, team first, team only. And I think these guys espoused to that in a big way. Yeah. And that's listen, you guys know. Last year, if this if if last year's club goes down to Tulsa by the amount that they went yeah. down this year, they get beat by twenty five or thirty. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Totally. Now, that that that's a statement when, and I, I don't mean a statement to the media, statement to us. That's not a statement to anybody but to themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. Yep. Okay, from the hardwood to the pitch, did you see Terry's team in the early going when they weren't, they were struggling, and then I know you did in the latter portion of the season when things were starting to come together. Now, they, they got six ties. They weren't able to get over the top, but that was against top five teams, several of them on the road. And then the last game of the season, they go to Washington, Seattle and beat Washington one to nothing, handing them their first, their first loss of the year. What a huge win that was. What are your thoughts as Oregon State goes into uh, this upcoming playoff? And I was, I'm a little worried about the draw, Portland. What do you think, Ann? Well, it, it's it, first and foremost, that first long buy is huge for a team that's banged up. So uh, that is going to bode well for Terry and, and the fellas. Uh, Portland's got a great team. They met, the two teams met earlier this season, and the Pilots handed Portland their first loss of the season. 
So they've done it twice to teams that hadn't uh, encountered a loss and had given them those first setbacks. And, you know, obviously beating number one Washington for the second straight year in Seattle. Beat them last year in October when they were number one, did the, did the Beavers. Yeah. So they, they replicated that this year. Um, the, so listen, if, if Portland is to win their first-round matchup at Merlot and they'll be the favorites, they're playing really, really well. That's a solid quality club. It's a dream matchup in round two. Um, it, it's just a great, great in-state rivalry matchup. But I think, I really think that maybe aside from Terry's first year, this is his best year coaching. When you look at who they lost, uh, it, it, it boggles the mind. The, the group of players, six, seven, eight guys, iron men studs that um, absolutely carry this club. They lose them to either playing professional or graduation. And he's banged up this year. You know, Molina Diaz hasn't been able to play very much at all and hasn't been himself after that horrific leg injury in Seattle last October. Uh, Javi Armas has been out for the last five games, a huge, huge void in the midfield for Coach Boss. And yet he's got these guys that he's bringing in and featuring these freshmen that are playing like vets and then the sophomores that are playing like seniors and kids that that you've never heard of that are finally getting a few minutes. I truly think Terry has done, mm, shoot, I think he's done his best job coaching this very year. Well, Gerbert Gerbert was player of the year. That announced uh, about an hour ago. Ah, I did not see that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's huge. Uh, so, so think about the fact that Terry's able to reload with quality guys despite the injury. You know, his, his starting keeper get, gets a red card a few games ago, uh, Luis Castillo. And in comes Jesus Sanchez, hasn't missed a beat, and just keeps rocking and rolling. So There aren't very many teams that can endure that. Did last year they they built it up, built it up, had the early upset in Seattle, and then was the number one team, and then they played the 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 Huskies at the end of the year, and I think that was the tie, and then they go in and they get to the Elite Eight with all everybody, you know, the 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 Beavers are the favorites. Now this year, replacing slowly replacing guys, getting guys healthy, and then putting it all together in the last third of the season, do they go into the NCAA playoffs with? Maybe the same talent, but not the same pressure. Is that what we're looking at? They don't. Certainly not the same talent as last year. Absolutely no way. No, no, no All way. Right. They've got great pieces, and they've got great. They've got a great team that they do not. Last year they were a great team with extraordinary talent. Okay. They do not have that kind of talent this year. That was awesome to behold. Last year's roster, awesome to behold. And, um, you know, when they get beat last year in the Elite Eight, they get beat by Clemson, who wins the whole thing. There's nothing to – and Clemson beats Washington. So, uh, you know, there's nothing to hang your head about in terms of of that, uh, what what transpired last year. This year, to me, different kind of talent, not not as awesome of talent, but they're coming in on a roll. And Terry's philosophy never lets – even when they they stub their toe early – uh, did the Beavers, you know, and they'll be the first to tell you, you know, they lose to Seton Hall 1-0. They lose to UC Santa Barbara 3-1. Mm-hmm. But ever since they got clocked by San Diego State, uh, which is coming off of really good wins, 
against a good Denver team and a UCLA club that's NCAA bound as well. Since that San Diego State setback, where they got they got beat pretty good mm-hmm. early October, they haven't lost since. And Terry's got them on the same page like few other coaches do. Uh, Jamie up in Seattle, same way. We've got great, great coaches in yeah. the Pac-12, and Boss is easily one of them. Hey, and we'll close then on on John's the second part of what he said. And you acknowledge, I think Terry would, in terms of sheer talent, perhaps less. But John, the the point, the other part of the question though, less pressure is probably true. Yeah. If you're the number one seed, then there's an expectation you're going to get to the College Cup and maybe win the whole thing. So maybe, just maybe, even with a little less talent, certainly, but with less pressure, thus. Could uh, could you see them kind of playing their way through, even with the tough challenges ahead, and and maybe get as far as they did last year, if, if not further? Yeah. Well, it's a good question, and thanks. And I dropped the ball not answering that question about the pressure because it it, it depends on on how you look at it. So last year you have the luxury with that number one seed, right, boys, of, of hosting all the way up until the final four, and this was a very good club at home last year, and and usually every year. But without a doubt, the expectations are not the same. Now, going into the season, ridiculous expectations of Oregon State. Mm-hmm. They weren't fair. But at this point, now that Oregon State's a little more below the radar, but not a whole lot. If you'll notice, you know, they were one of the top 16 uh, as the committee decided, so they get that first round by. So folks know what Terry Boss brings to the table. Is he a number one seed? Uh-uh. Nope. Not, not even close. Mm-hmm. But I – and the pressure – on these guys is nothing compared to last year. But I think Terry would take that pressure and be at home in a second. Uh, then again, he, he's, a, he's a clever cat, and he gets his guys together, and on the road they could do some special things. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I know is this. About a month ago, folks were wondering if the guys were going to get to the NCAA right. tournament. Right. Terry Boss never wavered on process of his, the process of his club. He never wavered on, we are, we're getting there. We're so close. Check with me in November. And boy, was he right. Yeah. Hey, and uh, thank you for, for sharing your deep insight about personnel, trends, personalities involved here. But you've touched on one of the great coaches in the country, in his sport, and one of the one of the many tremendous coaching jobs going on at Oregon State right now, including yes. football, where Jonathan has a chance to go 8-3 and three this weekend. I know you're following that, too. I am, and, and, and again, and I know you guys are, are very close with Coach Smith, and, and it, it, doesn't it just tickle you when good things happen to, to good people? Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that just, oh my goodness, and that's, that's trite, and I know there's a lot of good people out there, but when you see what he's done in short order with this program, it just blows me away, mm-hmm. and I, I just smile every time I think about that guy. And we look forward to seeing you tonight at Gill Coliseum. Thanks for your time. John, we'll see you Saturday. Great to talk to you again. I hope we can do it again down Thanks, the Ann. road. Thank you, Ann. Good luck to you, boys. Take care. Ann Schatz, our guest. Running, Ann. Don't go running. Don't don't walk away, Renee. There's a lot of commands in songs. Ann, don't go running to him. Don't walk away, Renee. We've referenced twice. They are their own people. They can make their own choices. Lay down, We're, Sally. Yeah, that's true. Lay down. Yeah. <laughs> How many others are out there? There may be a few that you can get to on Music Friday on our sister station, <laughs> News Radio 1340, Clue AM. But this is 1240 Joe Radio.
So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already, darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Get the Mexican-inspired craze you'll crave at Qdoba Mexican Eats with new brisket birria. We're talking tender, shredded beef, slow-cooked for 10 hours in chili and garlic, infusing the authentic flavors of the popular Mexican street food. Top your favorite entree or try the quesabiria quesadilla or burrito. Brisket birria layered with their signature three-cheese queso. From Mexico to food trucks and now to your plate, get in on the birria craze and order today at Qdoba.com. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering and go Beeves. Hey, this is Jake with Hyundai of Albany, inviting all of you to our Black Friday Winter Sales event going on now until the end of the month. We are offering 0.9% financing on 10 different models like the award-winning Kona and the all-new redesigned Hyundai Tucson. Act now and get $2,500 off of all of our Kona EVs in stock. Receive three years complimentary maintenance and America's best warranty for 10 years or 100,000 miles. Come visit Hyundai of Albany now or visit us online at HyundaiofAlbany.com to save big this holiday season. That's what what was the nature of the conflict, if you remember it? In a basic uh, youth conflict? Uh, it was um, It was Brady Quinn asking a legitimate question about something that Petros really didn't want to talk about. Oh, and he pressed him? A little bit, but he thought, you know, it, well, Petros dismissed it. It was about, I'm trying to think if it was uh, something about the top 25. Sometimes one broadcaster will not want to talk about something because they think, oh, it's no big deal. That's mm-hmm. overhyped. Another does. And mm-hmm. what happens after that ensues. And they just, you know, they, they went, it was spirited. It was spirited to the point but that a serious spirit that people were talking about it afterwards. Yeah, a little bit like, Oh, the, the two, you know, uh, LeVar and, and, uh, Jonas Knox, <laughs> you know, they're going to, yeah. They're going to pounce, oh, sure. you know, in the sports world, especially among guys, if you screw up, you know, your buddies are going to pounce on you till there's no tomorrow and, and make jokes out of it. And, and, uh, that's what they did. Like, Oh, Oh, how's, uh, how's Petros? We've got Doug Haller from the athletic coming up in a few minutes. Look forward to his perspective on Arizona state kind of a big picture look, but he's also writing about the coaching search and what they do next. What do you have right there? Well, a volume called American Essays that I picked off off my shelf. Sometimes, you know, just in terms of reading. You just carry that around with you? Well, I always have a couple, several books in this little satchel here. But (laughs) Haywood Brune, who was an excellent sports writer, but he wrote other things too. I, I was thinking about how hard we take these games. Yeah. And thinking about the 
the the gut punch that we talked about and the pain coming out Friday, of the Washington Friday game was after the other yeah, and all of that and then think time. about if you if you just for a moment you know, follow the Joe South advice walk a mile in my shoes idea for the poor folks down the road who've been miserable since they lose to the Huskies and thus fall out of the CFP running and all of that you just think about how hard we all take the defeats for our teams. And Haywood Bruin in 1922 wrote about a punter who dropped a, a snap and uh-huh. it cost, I think it cost of uh, Yale a game because the Yale punter uh, dropped uh, the ball. 22? 1922. And, and Haywood Bruin, he is young, you say, and he will soon get over the tragedy which has come upon him. <laughs> I am not so sure of that. I remember the man who dropped the punt during my freshman year at Harvard. Everybody thought Yale would win easily, but the Crimson line was holding beyond all expectations. The score was nothing, nothing. And then this punter came into the game. The play to follow was a punt by the Yale punter. This man had the ball squarely in his arms, and he dropped it. Down plashed to Yale end, and in six rushes, the ball was carried over the goal line. There was no further scoring. Yale won, and this man carries the shame with him for the rest of his life. Scott Norwood. A hundred years ago. We got an hour to go. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. With Target set to report fiscal third quarter results tomorrow morning, the retailer's shares are up a sharp 4.5% today. Investors seem to be expressing optimism about what Target will say in the wake of a strong report this morning from discount retail giant Walmart. Stocks are mostly higher overall today, but blue chips are a drag. The Dow Industrial's down 17 points currently. The S&P 500 up 25. The Nasdaq Composite up 141. Weighing on blue chips today, losses by United Health, Travelers, and McDonald's, among others. U.S. oil futures rebounded today. December crude finishing modestly higher, back above $86 a barrel. Next week's season finale of Dancing with the Stars on Disney Plus will be the farewell episode for longtime judge Len Goodman, the 78-year-old Goodman, a former professional ballroom dancer who's been part of the show since it began in 2005. Announced during last night's broadcast, he'll be retiring to spend more time with his grandchildren and family back in Britain. That's your money now. Finding the right Medicare plan? Oof, no easy feat. Kind of like those dances my granddaughter loves making me do. <laughs> but then I found Walgreens FindRx coverage. Let's you compare plans online, over the phone, or in person. Made Medicare shopping so easy. Plus, I found plans with low-cost copays. <laughs> I can get down with that. Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. Find a plan that's right for you at walgreens.com Medicare. My doctor told me my cholesterol is borderline, so I took control with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. Garlic helps maintain healthy cholesterol safely and naturally. It's odor and taste-free, and Garlic is a world leader in garlic potency. I'm taking charge of my cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the... Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. 
View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Have you seen Highland Bulls expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks too, and the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up, you knock them down. I'm Dennis Silvers, a golf guru, with another Golf Minute to talk about club design. Your fairway wood, like your driver, creates distance with the length of its shaft and the loft of its face. Mishits occur when golfers try to create distance by swinging hard and fast. Why? The yardage is already built into the club, so swing it with the same effort as with the rest of your clubs. The most important aspect of hitting a fairway wood is having a level path at impact. At address, make sure the shaft is nearly vertical and the ball about an inch behind your front heel. Don't try and help the ball into the air by leaning the shaft away from the target, and don't try and hit down on the ball by leaning the shaft towards the target. Instead, start with the club in a vertical position and let the loft lift the ball and the shaft will give it its length. So remember, start with the shaft vertical at address to maximize the loft on the club. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Anywhere fans go to cheer on their team, there are behind-the-scenes MVPs, ensuring everything is game-day ready. We see you, Joe, fixing seats so every fan can enjoy every game. And Allie, who keeps her stadium running smoothly from the moment the first game starts to the last play of the season. At Granger, you're our MVPs, and we're always here for you. With supplies and solutions for every industry and 24-7 customer support. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Hello, are you ready? Are you ready? It's ready. Yes. Yes, it's ready. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. Are you ready? Just like Donald Trump, Macho Man. I hope you're ready, brother. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, Woodrow. You ready? I was born ready. Ready? No, I was ready. Play. Ready. John and Mike are ready with all manner of meaningful dialogue, email, bits and bytes, tweets and texts. Oh, I see you take care of both sides of the conversation. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Joe Beaver Show. There's never been anything like this. We head into the second hour on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker, John Warren, thank you for joining us. A beautiful, crisp autumn afternoon here in the Mid-Valley. We're heading to the Valley of the Sun, 
the best time of year really to make this trip oh, in yeah. an afternoon game, mm-hmm. 12.15 Arizona time, 11.15 Pacific. And to join us, not to preview the nuts and bolts per se of the matchup itself this weekend, because that's not part of our next guest's daily regular beat, although he's certainly up to speed on storylines and what's going on with Arizona State football in 2022. We're going to talk bigger picture stuff, but as Doug Haller, longtime writer for the Arizona Republic, before jumping over to my favorite sports publication, The Athletic, where he writes tremendous stories. Jason Quick joins us often from The Athletic to offer up blazer information that to me is second to none. And Doug Haller's work, I really appreciate each Arizona State game week reading up on his excellent mm-hmm. work, and mm-hmm. he's kind enough to join us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Doug, good afternoon, and will it be a good afternoon? How many? How often in your experience do you see games at 12-15 at Sun Devil Stadium? <laughs> I can't what. Um, they very, very rarely. Usually mm-hmm. once a year we're guaranteed a home afternoon game because Michael Crow, the school president, wants homecoming. <clears throat> um, you know, he wants that to be uh, something that unfolds during the day, the parade and all that stuff. So usually we get one. Uh, a good year we might get two, but rarely do we get any more than that. And in terms of how well the day games are received, are they, and, and in the new era with the contraction, this will be my first trip into the contracted capacity of 53,000. How has that all gone over with the fan base and what kind of crowd for a team that's struggling would you expect Saturday? Well, <laughs> that's, um, that's an interesting situation. Um, normally I think for a, for a day game for homecoming, I think there'd be a pretty big crowd, uh, especially for a good opponent coming in. Uh, it's been kind of difficult though for Arizona state for the last, I would say year or so going back to last season and, when the problems with the NCAA investigation first came uh, to light. So it's hard to say. Now, the UCLA game, their last home game, um, they had a pretty good, it was family weekend, they had a pretty good, it was a night game, they had a a really good crowd, but then they left at (laughs) halftime. So um, it's, you know, it's just, it's hard to predict. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if it's good because it's homecoming and all that. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people are kind of, you know, down on the program right now because of the record, because of the coaching transition. So mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely it's difficult to say for sure. Okay, Doug, as the team has made its way through this year, this uh, tumultuous season of no coach, no coach, and things that are going on, here we are now down to the last couple of weeks of the regular season. Where do you think their mental state is? Is Oregon State going to face a team that's, you know, trying to win one for the Gipper or <laughs> – having already checked out and just wants to get done with it? Well, I mean, that's the danger, of course. Um, the good thing uh, for Arizona State, and really it says a lot for Sean Aguano, is the fact that they have remained competitive. Um, you know, they didn't have a good first half last week at Washington State, but uh, they've, they've, been pretty, they've been pretty competitive. I think they've gotten better um, since the coaching change, and really – when they did make a change after week three, after the loss east of Eastern Michigan, um, you could tell there's just sort of a sense of relief within the program. The players, I mean, it just seemed like, you know, nothing against, you know, Herm Edwards and what kind of guy he was, but he, there was just so much going on with, you know, what's going to happen with the NCAA investigation, what's going to happen with Herm Edwards. 
And then that just kind of <clears throat> took a lot of that away. Um, you know, the good thing for them is it is senior day, so there should be, you know, a willingness to play. They're, they're not going to reach bowl eligibility. So, you know, maybe they come out with, a, with the spark of the final home game for their seniors, so maybe they come out and uh, play a spirited game. I'd be surprised if they just sort of quit unless they get down early, uh, you know, and then maybe kind of go through the motions. But uh, so far this team has, has fought pretty well. Doug Haller from The Athletic, in uh, based in Phoenix and covering pro football of Arizona State and all things in the Valley of the Sun for The Athletic. Doug Haller, kind enough to join us on The Joe Beaver Show. Three weeks in, as you've referenced, Herm Edwards was finally let go. And then uh, uh, shortly thereafter, you wrote a story that appeared in The Athletic with the headline, Herm Edwards' Rise and Fall at Arizona State Inside the Sun Devils Failed experiment and it's, it's too much to obviously to, to share the entirety of the article here in the athletic but what did you when you put a piece like that an ambitious piece as the headline would indicate what sort of things did you find that sort of accounted for the rise in the fall well i mean it really started from the beginning uh, and just how Herm was hired though and the fact that you know he wasn't you know after ray anderson the athletic director fired Todd Graham, you know, there really wasn't a coaching search. He, he had told people close to him uh, months earlier that, that Herm was his guy. And so, you know, Herm brought it, came in and, you know, to kind of, you know, no experience, I mean, no college experience in like, what, three decades, mm-hmm. uh, had spent the last nine-plus years at ESPN. You know, and to kind of offset that and all the questions and controversy, they kind of created this NFL new leadership model that was really kind of created just as, you know, a way to kind of take some heat off firm to start and, you know, play up his strengths, which of course is, you know, the NFL and football. But, you know, really their mistake was, is, you know, they started off, you know, and Herm didn't have a full grasp of, you know, the NCAA playbook he, or the rule book because he hadn't really had a chance to, you know, it hasn't been something he had learned. Um, or had a ch- or had a reason to learn. So you know it was a little bit kind of sloppy there um, to start off. And then you know they made some coaching changes, I believe, going into year three. And you know they got rid of some guys who had you know been in college their whole careers and brought in some younger kids for recruiting reasons. And you know at that point, Herm was kind of grooming Antonio Pierce, the, the defensive coordinator, the recruiting coordinator, to be you know his his one day his replace his, his successor. Uh, and, you know, Antonio Pierce came from a pro background, played in the NFL, you know, didn't have a college background either. And, I mean, you know, he, he kind of, I don't want to say deputized the wrong guy, but, you know, if he, he did, there just wasn't enough oversight. You know, uh, they went, uh, allegedly, I guess I should say, afoul of the NCAA rules and you know, during the COVID period, which, you know, I think it says a lot. And this is the kind of the point I tried to get across the story that, you know, usually in these situations, you know, opponents, conference rivals, you know, they get wind of a team-breaking rules on the recruiting trail and turn them in. But all this came from inside the building. Um, all this stuff that started with the NCAA investigation, you know, they've been accused of hosting recruits during the COVID dead period and some other things. That all originated from, from guys inside the building on Herm Edwards' staff at one point. So mm-hmm. that kind of shows you the dysfunction that was going on mm-hmm. at that time and the divide that, it, that was uh, created during those years. Uh, so a follow-up to that, and there is a connection with, with that and the question, and that is, 
So you've got these guys come in. They're mostly NFL. I do remember when the hiring was made, and it was all the talk around the league about uh, inventing something new. That's all you had to hear was that phrase and go, okay, that isn't going to work. And, and so, okay, they get in there, and they, they recruit these guys. So my question is, and we were talking about this earlier, about the sleeping giant. What kind of, a, of an athlete goes to ASU, whether it's now or even 10, 15, 20 years ago? What's the draw? Because if you look at programs around the country, for Oregon State or around the conference, it's family atmosphere, small, uh, town, small town, college. college. For Oregon, it might be the brand Nike and the, 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 the Flash. For um, you know Washington tradition and some really nice facilities, I don't know. We don't know of what the – in the arms race, what the facilities are there at ASU. So that's kind of a question too, but what, what kind of an athlete and how do they get kids to go to ASU? Well, that's a good question. I've been asked the sleeping giant question, uh, to man, uh, probably a thousand times yeah. during my time in Arizona. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the selling points are obviously the facilities are pretty good, uh, especially since they've, um, you know, remodeled the stadium, they, their football facility, which has been around, I think. Well, it, was, it came around during Todd Grant last year, so uh, five or six years. It's it's top notch. So it, the facilities are good. Uh, you know, they sell the sunshine, of course. Um, you know, that works against you in the summer, but you know, uh, you get kids on campus at the right time, and the sunshine is is definitely. Uh, you know, you see palm trees, all that. That works. Um, playing in the Pac-12 bigger conference, obviously, uh, maybe that's not such a strong selling point uh, right now. But, you know, and lately what they really just tried to under her anyway is just trying to say, hey, look, we will develop you uh, for the next level. And, and every program, of course, does that. But that's what Arizona State really tried to do. You know, at one point, not only did they have Herm Edwards, uh, a former NFL coach on staff, you know, they had Marvin Lewis, uh, who's still working um, as kind of like a, in an advisory role. He's on staff. And Marvin under Herm actually was his right-hand man. He, he had a bigger role than what people realize. Uh, Brian Billick, also a former NFL co- head coach, was you know in an analyst role. So, I mean, that was what they have sold their, um, you know, kind of hung their hat on over the last five or six years. Now, it will change, obviously, with the next head coach. But that, that's kind of what they, they've done recently. Um, it, it's interesting. The, the first red flag for me when I'm you know, getting back to the recruiting violations um, you know, Arizona State's always, you know, to, to, to do well in Arizona State, you need to recruit California, obviously. Um, you know, and they, they, they made strides there in 2015, great. But then they started branching out across the country and going into Florida and getting four-star kids from, from you know, <laughs> SEC territory. And that was really kind of like, okay, what's going on here? Because Arizona State typically doesn't go into, you know, places like Louisiana and, and Florida and get, you know, kids that were, you know, battling the Florida schools and LSU. So, you know, they did try to recruit nationally, and, you know, that obviously now we know why. But um, but to answer your question, I mean, that's been something that's been debated for a long time. Uh, you know, Herm's uh, staff kind of de-emphasized in-state recruiting. That turned out to be a mistake. They're trying to get that back now. But, um yeah, that, that's that's what they've done typically, and, and it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward with the new coach in place. Doug Haller with us for a few more minutes from The Athletic down in Phoenix covering uh, all things Arizona State and the NFL uh, for the outstanding publication. You said you've been asked a thousand times, maybe more, about the sleeping giant. I remember proffering a similar type question to Andrew Walter. Uh, gosh, maybe that's 
15, 16, 17 years ago now, if my memory serves, a former quarterback for the Sun Devils. And he said, I'll tell you what, he said, we don't have an alumni base. We don't have a strong alumni base and a fan base that have been Sun Devils all their lives, like there have been Beaver fans all their lives or Cougar fans or Husky fans all their lives. Is that any part of of it? Frank Cush certainly had great support from fans down there in his era. So what about what Walter said 15 years ago? Does it still hold true in a sense? Yeah, it definitely applies. Um, you know, the fan base, I mean, the story of Arizona is that everyone's from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there, are, there is a group of passionate ASU fans. There's also a, a big size of, of ASU fans who are always one foot in, one foot out, kind of like, well, we'll wait and see. Um, you know, it's not like they're going to be there regardless if you're struggling, you know, or if, you know, if you're playing well. They, they want to see, you know, what the product is like before they fully get behind. I've talked to former players before, you know, about, you know, just recently within the last 10 years of just the game day atmosphere and, you know, playing and I don't, it's not a half empty stadium. That's not correct, but you know, it's not full. It's not a crazy college football atmosphere on game day. Some of that has to do with the heat. You know, no one really likes to go out and sit, you know, in, in September and maybe even the first week of October in, you know, in the heat, if they play during the day, mostly they don't, but, even at night, it can get really, really hot. Uh, so I do think that's that's a negative, but you know, it's just um, it's just kind of a wait and see type fan base, you know. And, and part of that's being in a big market, of course, with the Suns and the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks, and you know, where does Arizona State fit in? Um, you know, winning solves that, obviously, but uh, you know, it's just Arizona. I, I, I think Arizona State's biggest issue has just been you know not understanding truly what it is. It's always wanted to take a bigger step than what it's fully capable of. Um, you know, it's under Herm Edwards. I never thought that they went into a bowl game, but he took it seriously because they always thought like, well, we're going to try to get to the Rose bowl. And when they didn't, you know, they kind of turned the page toward recruiting. And, you know, it just, I never once covered a bowl game where I thought like Arizona state was going to win. So they just didn't take it seriously, mm-hmm. seriously enough. They need to really figure out what they want to be. Yeah, and you wrote in one of your stories recently, in fact, I think you wrote in your story, 20 thoughts on the Arizona State coaching search. We'll kind of close with with that column that you wrote recently and just maybe get a thought or two you about, from you about that. But you wrote in there, since 2000, speaking of the uninterestedness on their part, 5 and 10 in these mid-level bowl games, you're saying go win a few of those first before you start thinking about, hey, we got to get to the Rose Bowl or a New Year's Six game. They're not even winning the mid-level games they're getting to. Yeah, well, I mean, the Vegas Bowl last year was a perfect example. Um, you know, it was, it was going to Vegas, playing a, an NFL uh, mm-hmm. uh, stadium, very nice. You know, Wisconsin, I think, if I remember right, just had one or two guys who were, who were not going to play, um, maybe just one, you know, to p- concentrate on the draft. And, you know, Arizona State had several. And it's not like I understand, you know, what's at stake these days. If you're going to be a first round or a mm-hmm. second round, uh, or maybe even a third round pick, then maybe maybe you maybe playing bowl game is not in your best interest. But you know, in Arizona State's case, a lot of these kids are, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, and round kids who decide not to play the bowl game. And to me, it's like you have more to gain by playing in the bowl than you do sitting out mm-hmm. and you know risking injury. It's it's a culture thing, you know. If you've got to make it important. Uh, if it's not important to the to the school, to the administration, to the athletic department, to the to the team, 
then the play that's going to feed down to the players and say, okay, you know, this is just an extra right. game. I don't have to really yeah. get ready for it. So, you know, it, I think that's the first step. You know, if you're going to have NIL limitations and everything else that Arizona State does, you know, figure out what you want to be, be the best at it, and then put yourself in position to take the next step. Don't try to cheat, cheat the process. Your column about 20 thoughts on the Arizona State coaching search was a very enjoyable read. I particularly enjoyed you noting that uh, the gubernatorial candidate on the Republican side, Carrie Lake, came out with a tweet endorsing Urban Meyer. Now she So she ran on the Urban Meyer platform, and I don't know you know, maybe <laughs> if that cost her any votes or not. <laughs> Probably. But that was funny, Doug. You said you'd never really seen quite that kind of advocacy for a coaching candidate before. Not, yeah, that kind of took me by surprise. I remember uh, I was getting out of the car, and um, I just happened to just scroll my phone, and I saw that, and I had to stop and go back and say, now, did that come from, from Carrie Lake? Uh, you know, whatever your politics, whatever side your right. politics uh, fall on, I, I had not seen someone in, like, a candidate for that position, you know, she's running for governor to, you know, kind of take one side. It's not like, you know, Carrie Lake, Carrie Lake had been in, like, a... a you know, a sports fan. You know, I even like scrolled through his courtesy for a long time. Like, has he ever tweeted about Arizona State before? And found nothing. And so it just made me wonder, like, well, you know, so I was trying to connect the dots. Like, okay, you know, Urban Meyer was at a Super Bowl. I think watched the Super Bowl with Donald Trump. Maybe you know, and of course, Donald Trump is, uh, you know, friend, friendly with Terry Lake. So maybe mm-hmm. that's how it. You know, I, I overanalyzed it way, way too much. But yeah, I just uh, that took me by surprise because yeah. usually, you know, candidates will make their you know, preference known, but usually not not in the public way. Well, over the years, Doug, it never has worked when politicians try to evoke sports <laughs> connections. Usually doesn't. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I I spent a day going back through archives looking for for time, you know you know just any sort of uh, time when like a governor candidate or a governor or anybody in that position has gotten involved. And you're right, most of the time it does not work. It does not end out well. So last thing then, Doug, on that, that was very entertaining in your column to read about the 20 thoughts on the coaching search. That was one of them in, in kind of in, in layered within another one of your thoughts. Very interesting article in The Athletic. So kind of to close here, where do you think, summing up your own thoughts, what you've been reading and hearing, what happens here? Everybody always talks about the next hire is so important. They always are. But where do you, where do you think Arizona State goes here? Well, to be honest, it's been it's been really quiet, um, and it, it seems like one thing. If you hear one thing one week, you, you hear something different the next week. So, I, to be honest, I'm not sure which direction they'll go. I think you know, going with a younger person makes sense. You know, Kenny Dillingham is a very popular candidate in the state for obvious reasons, given his background. Um, you know, I've heard different things. I've heard there's been some. There hasn't been a lot of communication between the two, and then. You know, another outlet reported here yesterday that he's a prime target. So uh, I don't know. But I do think they need someone, given what they might face with the NCAA investigation, which is ongoing, mm-hmm. um, I think they need someone that's going to that's gonna grow with the program. But they don't have to worry about that if you have a, couple, a, you know, a few years, a few good years that he might leave. Um, Kenny Gillingham, I think, would be that guy, given the fact that he went to school at ASU, that he would grow. He's only 32. He would grow with the program. I don't know if he's the guy, but, um, you know, I can see why people like him. I do. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think everyone's going to have to be patient because there are, you know, it, it's a good job, but, you know, you don't, you don't only, not only have an NCAA investigation hanging over the program, you have an athletic director that, you know, his job security is a little bit flimsy right now with Ray Anderson. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. 
we'll see. I think they'll still be able to get, they'll still be good candidates from, to choose from, but um, I don't, I really don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what they do. Doug, we'll be reading you to kind of keep track of things, even though you're not on the daily beat, so to speak. You're, you're certainly dialed in to all things that are going on in your uh, neck of the woods, and we appreciate you taking some time again for us up here on the Joe Beaver Show. Will you be at the game Saturday? Yes, I am playing okay. the deal. So Good. That, I hope to... Um, yeah, today game. I can't miss that. <laughs> yeah. I hope to run into you, Doug. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me. Doug Haller from The Athletic. Good good perspective, insightful. He wrote this, Recruiting long has been an Arizona State problem for reasons outsiders never understood. People envision palm trees and parties and assume the nation's top high school prospects would be crazy not to flock to such uh, a blue-skied paradise. It's just never been that simple here. Quote, unquote. But what he wrote sums up the, yeah, come on now. I mean, I remember walking through that campus with Pat Casey back 2002 or mm-hmm. thereabouts. Mm-hmm. We were on a walk, run, ended up doing more walking than running because of the heat. And he just said, look at this place. As we were kind of, you, you know, he was, uh, he was amazed about all the facilities see, I, and the scenery it. and the beauty. I've got to see it because I've been to Surprise, sun. obviously. I've been to, uh, I've been to broadcast yeah. games from Wells Fargo back right. in the day. And from what I've seen. I would never want to go there. Interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, so what? The sunshine, you can get that in Southern California. Yeah, and sure. pick any any one of the schools. It doesn't have to be the Pac-12. Um, and I, I, that's why I asked the question, what are they selling? Right. That's a great question. Yeah. And maybe they don't know. And then he kind of answered it by saying they've got to figure out who they want to be mm-hmm. and what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And you get people coming in, we're going to compete. And like Dennis did, Dennis came in and said, we're not, you know, we don't want to just have winning seasons and bowl games. We want to compete for the conference championship. Well, I think Jonathan said that on day one to everybody. You've got to have that as a goal. You yeah. can't just say, well, we're hoping just to get to, no. you know, no, you've got to go big. But at the same time, I think what he's saying is you also have to establish and develop an identity of who you are and what you're all about recruit to that, mm-hmm. develop that. Yeah, because and, a family atmosphere is what it is at Oregon State. With all the teams, and it's it's absolutely true. And then small town and beautiful yes, campus. Yes, exactly. So, but ASU? But ASU may think that, hey, the new guy that comes in, I'm at ASU with all these facilities and the great weather, and we're just going to go big right now. And almost, like he said, almost want to bypass these intermediate steps of going to these mid-level bowl games mm-hmm. and taking them, not taking them seriously. And it could, because we're Arizona State yeah. and we're above that and bigger than that. They've got to, in a sense, just sort of, they need to hire, and whether it's Dillingham, and I don't know how people feel about that down the road from that fan base worried about losing a guy that runs a great offense, no question. That is a great offense down there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Oregon fan is sweating that one out or not. But Dillingham would be a good hire, and he fits that bill of a young guy that probably would be grateful for the opportunity and might build it up the right way. I think that makes a lot of sense, that kind of hire, after what they've been through in recent years with the older coaches, Dennis, Todd, and Herm. It would be a tough, um, it would be tough to come up with a recipe for a recruit because it seems like our expectations, everybody's expectations, as noted by the fact that he gets the question about Sleeping Giant a thousand yeah. times, is that they're a, 
a sleeping giant that they're they're they should be better and all of right. that. Maybe they shouldn't. Right. They don't have any tradition uh, that to, that we know of. Oregon has the the the, the bells mm-hmm. and whistles and Phil. We have beautiful campus and family atmosphere. And every coach that most every coach that comes through here has has really believed that. From Pat Casey on mm-hmm. down, and they really are. They're great athletes. They're fun to be around. Yeah. And then when they're not, things don't work out. Things turn mm-hmm. around very quickly. It's family atmosphere. And every campus for Berkeley, I don't know what it is, maybe the school. For Stanford, it's certainly the, the school. Uh, for uh, Washington State, it would be family atmosphere, and you have an opportunity here, and we're going to make you better. But I can't even think of what Arizona State would be. What is trying the to pitch other it. than we've got palm trees? Yeah. That's not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> Let's take a break. Do you have any thoughts on this or any other matter? Open phones and text down the stretch on any of the things we've touched on today, yesterday, this week, uh, thoughts left over from uh, the weekend's game against California, uh, your level of concern about Arizona State on Saturday. Do any of you remember the name of Frank Cush and his methods? And do we have any Arizona State alums here now in the mid vow I'll tell you what the, you know, Andrew Walter told me what the problem was back 16 years ago. We don't have enough fans locked in from generation to generation like a lot of the other programs do, and that that's why we sometimes are on the cusp of relevancy there. And T.J. Matthewson earlier, no one cares. Well, I, I don't. It's a phenomenon. It's been a mystery. If you'd like to jump in on that or anything else, four nine seven fifty three fifty six. 1240 Joe Radio. What's your power like today? Are you driving a powerful vehicle or are you just getting there? Fall and winter is coming and Power Honda in Albany has the CRV, Pilot, HRV, Odyssey, Passport SUVs, Ridgeline trucks, and over a thousand pre owned vehicles to choose from to help you get to where you're going this fall and winter. So come experience the power at Power Honda in Albany or go to MyPowerHonda.com. Burst's Chocolates looks forward to seeing all of their customers and making some new ones this holiday season. In addition to all their traditional chocolates made right in the store, Burst has added imported chocolates and confections this year. So stop in and say hi during the holiday open house. It's Monday, November 28th from noon until 7. Enter to win a Bethany Lowe Putts house and boxes of chocolates from Burst's. Make Burst Chocolates part of your holiday tradition. Between 3rd and 4th on Madison in downtown Corvallis. Sweetening the Valley since 1938. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. The outside to the left. And Johnson, touchdown, Beavers! It takes a team effort to score a touchdown. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning, monthly business bookkeeping, or just need some help with strategy. With over 45 years in business, the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis can help. See David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to execute the game plan and score a touchdown every time. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com and get into the game. Touchdown! For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. 
Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Let me fix the crack in your glass. For windshield repair, call me first. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. At Lassen Toyota, we believe in going the extra mile by providing those little extras that make your life easier, like online scheduling so you can pick the day and time that's most convenient for you, and courtesy rides to and from your home or workplace. We even honor our competitors' coupons whenever possible. Lassen Toyota services vehicles, but serves people. Schedule your service appointment today at LassenToyota.com, just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany. There is. Well, the model, you know, what the Beavers did, what Scott Barnes did, is an excellent approach and model to what is happening that I'm sure Arizona State and other programs take notice. They hired a, a, an alum, for one, yeah. but a young alum with a vision. And, and as Scott has said, and I give Jonathan all the credit in the world here in this regard, when the coaching search began for, for Scott here after, you know, in, during the season, during the course of the 2017 campaign after Gary resigned following the USC game, he had a little bit of a head start on it and so on. But he has told us, and truthfully, that Jonathan was not like, unlike Ray Anderson, who, when he let Todd Graham go, had Herm Edwards waiting in the wings. He yeah. already knew, as Doug Haller just told us. We're going to bring Herm, and we're going to do this revelatory new uh -huh. model of leadership and, and an NFL type thing, which, on a certain level, it looked at first. Remember, everybody rolled their eyes at mm -hmm. first, yeah. and then they got out to a nice start, beat Michigan State, and it looked like Herm. Hell, wow, this thing's working better than people thought early, and had some good recruiting. Yeah. No, very good. Well, anyway. It's just ended in a debacle, though. Five staffers left after last season. Twenty players hit the transfer portal. Yeah, they're bowl ineligible this year at three and seven and two and it, five. It's amazing the, with all of that that they rose up and no, still fought last I, weekend. I agree, and that they're still they still have plenty of talent on that roster. They have a guy in X Valade, a transfer running back. He had three one thousand yard seasons at Wyoming, and. He's rushed. For, he's going to rush for a thousand this year, unless the Beavers stuff him and hold him to four, 13 yards. He's got 986 going in. So this is one of the better running backs in the league. And ex Valade, Xavier Valade, a transfer from Wyoming, where he tore it up in the Mountain West. He's good, and they have some other talented players too. Elijah Badger, 58 catches on the year, six touchdowns, an excellent receiver. Never heard of him. And they always have skill, talent at the skill positions, and I'm not sure what their quarterback situation is this week. That may be a question for Michelle Gardner, who covers the team on a day-to-day -day basis, and maybe we'll get her on in a yeah. day or two. But whatever the case, it's been a, a debacle of a year to have Herm with the sort of Damocles hanging over him anyway, and then yeah. finally after three games out – the dysfunction within the program, such as Doug reminded us that the leak about, hey, they're doing some nefarious things during this dead mm -hmm. COVID period mm -hmm. didn't come from somebody outside who found out. It came from within trying to undermine the program and get them fired, according to Doug Haller. Yeah, well. There were people who wanted them out for some of the things that were being winked at and were going on within the program in terms of 
recruiting violation. So that's a definition of a mess. Now, when you and Doug and others talk about facilities, what are we talking about? Because don't they have a blow up thing for their indoor practice facility? Yeah, but it it works. It's a bubble. And whether they've improved that or changed that, I don't know. It it came up when it first went up, when Dennis, Dennis was the one who got that done. He recognized, look, for people love the sun. But not 115 not, that was 115 and trying to practice in it. So right. Dennis finally got what many other coaches had wanted, a practice bubble. And it did blow away, but I think they've gotten it battened down a little better now. <laughs> and I and I don't say it facetiously. No. I don't know because um, I haven't been there in years. I don't know, you know, when they – obviously when they scaled down from 70,000 to 53,000, I suppose they put – uh, more lipstick on on the uh, facility. I thought it was nice before. Oh, I've always old, liked it. Yeah, but it was you know it looked good from the outside, and uh, and I went to one game. In, I think it was two thousand four mm-hmm. on the road with mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah, down to uh, Sun Devil Stadium, and um, yeah, it was it was good. It was old school, but it was good. And uh, but but you know Wells Fargo is showing its age. I don't know what they've done to that facility, mm-hmm. and I know it's got a different name for basketball. Mm-hmm. But I don't think of I don't think of Arizona State when I think of schools with all the new toys. the gaudiest of facilities yeah. and all that. Uh, yeah. Even though it may very well be that yeah. they have it, I just it's not one that has come up other than their new five thousand seat arena for hockey. And I think it's originally built for. Um, I'm not sure what sport it's built for, but it's not for. Well, I think it is for hockey. It's mm-hmm. for their hockey team. Their that's hockey, right. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. Well, they didn't build it for the Coyotes. No. The Coyotes were desperate <laughs> yes. and needed a place. I look forward to seeing the new stadium in the 53,000-seat yeah. setting. And, and I would imagine, I don't know how it all looks, to be honest with you. I haven't been there. Our last yeah. trip down there was 2018. You know, Benjamin ran for over 300. Jamar Jefferson ran for 254. The Beavers in Jonathan's first year were defeated soundly. But I remember even then in that sound beat down by ASU, the last time we went down there in the old configuration, you still did have Jamar rush for 254, which told me right from the start with Jonathan in 2018, they can score. They've got an offense. They can yeah. run the ball. They yeah. vote Antonio Pierce, Antonio Pierce, Artavis Pierce. We were talking about Antonio yeah, Pierce, yeah. the former DC for Herm Edwards, but Artavis Pierce and Jamar, what a great combination. Sure. And they ran the ball from day one and threw it reasonably well. Once Jake Luton kind of sorted out some of his uh, injuries from the fracture he'd sustained in Pullman the year before, the Beaver offense has uh, hummed along pretty well. It's interesting that now here in 2022, Jim Wilson has said, and there's some truth in it that <laughs> the defense is now sort of the the calling. I mean, the Beavers have hung their hat on defense yes. for the first time years in in many years. And in fact, I'm trying to think, it, it's hard to remember through all our years we've been together where you would say uh, uh, the offense really has problems, but the defense is really good. Uh, 2000 for sure. But how, Except the uh, offense was good, too. <laughs> how many years after 2000? That's what I'm saying. I mean, 2000, you had the best of all possible worlds. I think the Beavers were number two in total offense Three, and number four, one in total five, defense. Six, nine, eight bowl games. Th- uh, I mean, I, it's hard no, for, me. It's hard for me to remember years where you would say, boy, if only the offense could catch up with uh-huh. how the defense is playing. And I'm not saying there's a lot of 
gap here this year. There's not a lot, but there is a bit a bit of a gap in terms of the numbers and stats where the defense may, is ahead this yeah. year for the first yeah. time in a long, long time, maybe a little ahead of where the offense is in terms of productivity. A buddy of ours yes. <laughs> texted this picture, and he wrote in the text, he said, contemplating AS, uh, Arizona State issues. It's a, te- it's a picture of today on the Oregon coast, oh. and it's absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous. And they don't get that picture. Now, they have Tempe Town Lake. We can read into that comment. <laughs> I think it's a it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing about Arizona, about yeah. Sun Devil issues. Yeah. He says, contemplating Sun Devil issues, mm-hmm. and he's at the beautiful Oregon coast, kind of like... Yeah, a better place to be. Don't care. This is where I want to be. But you could really, really undo the onion, mm-hmm. which I don't think Steve uh, meant, but he could do undo the onion and go... This might be why. I mean, yeah. the, the hot sunshine and palm trees, my son loves it. He loves And he'll be at the game Absolutely Saturday. loves it. He'll be at the game. He can't. He loves it. I said, do you like it when it's 115? He goes, yep, don't care. I I'm love with it. him. I got it. I, 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 during that Pac-12 baseball tournament yeah. when it was brutally hot, yeah. I did a lot of walking to and from the hotel to the ballpark just because I wanted to say, I walked to the ballpark and it was 103. Well, okay. <laughs> But it was hot and tough on those players, and I'm glad they've tweaked the format. I don't yeah. exactly know what it all means now. They right. needed to. They needed to. But I don't mind it either. I, I, I think I don't the, mind it, but I, I will say the locals down there, and Guy, hang on. We're going to get to Guy on the Downward Dog phone line. If you'd like to join us, 497-5356, 497-5356. I will say, while there, that weekend for the Pac-12 baseball tournament in Scottsdale, yeah. the locals were looking at one another knowingly that weekend. And I'd go into shops or establishments, whatever. People would be talking. Yeah, here it's coming. Like Because those were the early days of the high 90s, uh-huh. touching triple digits there in late May. And they knew, just as we, when the first rains begin, yeah, hey, yeah, here it yeah. comes. Oh, boy. We go the other way. It's going to be like this for the next six months, we feel like, like. It's going to be like and this. Yes. Hot the the like locals this. are, well. And we I knew went it was coming, and here that, it comes. It was 115 when right. I was visiting my son, and it was fine if you're indoors. <laughs> <laughs> so the only time, yeah, I will tell you, I was borderline scared. We lost our car. We couldn't remember where we put it inside of a a, bar, a parking structure, and it was hot, and I was tired. Mm-hmm. I was standing in that structure while he went to another floor because mm-hmm. we thought it might be on the other floor above us and i was standing there and i thought i could easily pass out right, right. now. no i know it was so it, hot it can get it can overwhelm and it you. was because it was in the structure right if it you know five degrees cooler outside fine i was just i was worried no like, i, I know might pass i know out. i've been worried there a few times in my life too <laughs> guy good afternoon welcome to the joe beaver good. show good afternoon michael and john and mike Francie says hello, and she thanks you for asking about her, and she was asking about you, too. Good. Well, um, how, so, is, how is Francie? Is she good? She's doing good. Okay. She's doing much better all good. the time. Actually, she's gotten into a lot of her baking mode right now. Ah, uh, good. Lots of different cookies and fudge uh, candies and everything else, and she's I've been taking some to work, and everybody's been overjoyed with it. So. Good. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm glad to hear it. Well, guy, uh, thank thanks yeah. Francie for that and her inquiry. We miss seeing you guys. 
out and about together at Joe Beaver shows as we did through the years. So what's on your mind yeah. today, guy? What do you what what's what do you want to share with us? Well, what's on my mind is I, I didn't realize until I heard you say it yesterday that we've only won at Arizona State one time in all this time. And I thought, whoa, that's kind of an ominous kind of thing. Right. Uh, of course, um, last year <laughs> in yeah. all my lifetime was the first time we actually won down at USC. That's true. And I was hoping that we could <laughs> yep. <laughs> take that out again in back-to-back years. Yeah, I know. And in, uh, in fact, had the Beavers held on to defeat USC, and they were really close to doing it, had they, yes. it would have been the first and only time in the history of the program that they beat the Trojans in back-to-back calendar years. It had never happened, and it's not probably ever going to happen because we had our shot 21 and 22. No, they they were not back-to-back years, calendar years. Mm -hmm. They did win back-to-back games early in 14 and 16, Mm -hmm. but they didn't play in back-to-back calendar years. So it had never, ever happened, and we just missed on making it happen. Oh, man. And that's so sad because, I mean, the guys were right there. Yes. you know, the game is what the game is. Yep. And it just plays out. And I don't know. Maybe uh, we've got something that we can come down and do uh, this year. I know we've got a wonderful defense. The mm-hmm. offense is scoring well and all that. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, other than that, it's, it's just a matter of, We've got a beaver thing going over here that uh, Arizona State doesn't have. I just got to moving a family out of Buckeye, and they're actually part of Surprise. And I went right through there, and I go, oh, my gosh, look at all this stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. You guys have been down there, and I finally got to see it firsthand, and it's amazing. But our son, who finally said, I got to get out of here because even in the wintertime, I can't hardly swim in my swimming pool. It's too damn hot. (laughs) And I can understand why they can't get recruits wanting to stay there. They get some good people, obviously. Yes, they do. You know, you guys have been talking about that. So, you know, it's, it's beautiful area, but my God, the heat is just incredible. Any time of the year. Yeah. I I know. Makes that you wonder but, what they were thinking when they settled. We're kind of looking forward to feeling the 70 degrees, though, Saturday, right, Johnny? That's going to be almost perfect. Yeah, That's oh, the yeah. best time to yeah. go for the Beavers. I like the way it's they're, setting they're up, guys. I right like now. the way it's setting up for the Beavers to come home an 8-3 and three team heading into the rivalry game. It, so the, it's it, it has a chance to really be a fun finish to hear down the stretch. Oh, amen for that. You know, I believe so, too, you know, because uh, I, I like the idea that it's an early game. Yeah. And I'm going to get to hear it because I just found out I've got to be to work over there mm-hmm. on campus at 11. So I'm going to keep a radio on <laughs> so I can listen at least. Excellent. And it's it's uh, it's just been a fun time. This has been a good year. It has. These guys have just been amazing to watch and what they do. And I really believe in the guys we've got. And I hope a couple of the guys that just got injured a bit. Yeah. It yeah. was only slight and that we've, we've got them back in there and stuff, so too. for their own sake. And 
Yep. Everything else. I was amazed by the next man up, like they always say. Mm. And hey, yeah, my God, even with the next man up, because we saw several of our good guys going down. Yep. And yet we, we didn't lose anything. No, they continue so. to play well against Cal. Hey, guy, great to hear from you. And yep. thank you for the call, sir. And have a good time. Yes, I hope we're delivering you, good news on the radio Saturday as Guy is at work, and you'll be at work with a double header, right, Johnny? I know we have one more break. So. Seven o'clock. So I think Guy's reporting early yeah. at eleven for yeah. that. He'll be. You'll see him around Gill. Oh yeah. One o'clock for the women's game. Yeah. And then seven o'clock. I think it's twelve o'clock. You know what? I got to double check. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be late. <laughs> no, I know. We'll have you double check while we take a final break for today. Got a couple today. of texts too. Okay. Thank you. We'll get to some texts. And that baking, the, the baking that uh, Francie's involved with got me thinking about a player tonight. <laughs> In doing the, my research for the Bushnell Beacons, I've got to, I, I wonder if the kid has a good sense of humor, whether he has a special diet, whether he comes from a family of bakers. He's a young man named Caden Graham playing for Bushnell. I'll explain next on 1240 Joe Radio. Stargazer Premier Florist knows that the holiday season is a special time with special meaning and that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and leave them feeling appreciated for any occasion. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist. 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Get a great deal on Kubota M-Series utility tractors. Kubota's powerful and versatile lineup is rated number one in durability and owner experience. So whether you need to mow, rake, stack, lift, or pull, you can get it done right with Kubota M-Series utility tractors. And right now, get a Kubota utility tractor for $0 down, 0% APR for up to 48 months, plus save $3,000 now through December 31st. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to Kubota US for a full disclaimer. If you're fed up with dirty grout lines, maybe it's time to consider Cultured Marble. Hi, I'm Katie Albin at Albin's Plumbing in Corvallis. Cultured Marble is an affordable way to get the look of marble, and the best part is no grout lines, affordable and easy to maintain. Come by our showroom on 9th Street in Corvallis and see the beautiful look of Cultured Marble. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. It's Medicare open enrollment time. See the Medicare specialists at Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency. Look at all the 2022 plan choices, including prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage. This is your time to see if you can find a lower premium and extra benefits. Open enrollment starts October 15th and ends December 7th. Call now to make an appointment. Since 1961, Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency, Lebanon, Albany, and Staten, or RhodesWardenINS.com. Hey, this is Jake with Hyundai of Albany, inviting all of you to our Black Friday Winter Sales event going on now until the end of the month. We are offering 0.9% financing on 10 different models like the award-winning Kona and the all-new redesigned Hyundai Tucson. Act now and get $2,500 off of all of our Kona EVs in stock. Receive three years complimentary maintenance and America's best warranty for 10 years or 100,000 miles. 
Come visit Hyundai of Albany now or visit us online at HyundaiofAlbany.com to save big this holiday season. <laughs> okay, Doc. Give us about two words. We're going to go to Paul in just a second. In research... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just TJ has returned. I think we'll have some of that sound on the show tomorrow. And I asked how things went, and he said, eh, could have been better. <laughs> in terms of not the answers were not... Uh, they're just kind of short two or three word answers uh-huh. in certain uh-huh. cases. I'm sorry. It made me laugh the way he put it though. Caden Graham plays for Bushnell because I go through each of their names on the website. They have personal information, bio yeah. Yeah. where he went to high school, you who he played for. So I looked at the bios for all the players on the Bushnell beacons roster. That's where the nuggets are. One of the categories for these young men on the roster, not everybody answered it, but Favorite book, favorite food, favorite movie, favorite restaurant, fa- favorite Bible verse. It is, after all, okay. uh, a Christian university founded as the Eugene Divinity School and has gone through various name changes through the years. Uh-huh. At one time, Northwest Christian College, then Northwest Christian University, and since 2020, officially Bushnell University. Mm-hmm. Somebody named Bushnell was one of the founders way back mm. just around the turn of the 19th into the 20th century when the school was founded. So with this Bushnell guy, that's who they've named it for. I don't fully know the whole story. Yeah. Anyway, favorite, favorite Bible verse. And I looked at, because you, you know, a lot of times those verses are mentioned and I'll know them kind of without John mm-hmm. three sixteen or certain others. I, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get to Caden Graham, Ezekiel four, nine. And I, well, I hope that is this a Pulp Fiction version of uh, Samuel L. Jackson holding forth. Uh, he makes up, he says, as it says in Ezekiel 20, and he, and he yeah. spews this whole thing out before he kills a couple of guys in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he re- And that's not. That's not in the Bible. He's just right. making it up, but calling it Ezekiel something right. or other. Right. That ain't there in the in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 4.9, boy, I've never seen that listed as a favorite verse before. <laughs> so I looked it up, and here's how it reads. Okay. And Guy's Call also brought it to mind. Here's the verse. And you take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt, put them into one vessel, and make ye bread for yourself. During the number of days that you lie on your side, 390 days, you shall eat it. (laughs) Now, again... Why would that be a favorite? Well... Therein is the question. Is is he on some sort of special dietary thing involving that? Does he lie on his side 390 days and eat it? Or does the kid have a sense of humor? I lean towards or that. Whatever the, the whatever the concept is around yeah, it. Around it, perhaps. But I lean more towards meaning. he's having a little fun with it. That's my sense. I'm going to ask him myself tonight as Please he's do. warming up. Please Try do. to distract him. Please Let's do. go to Paul uh, on the Joe Beaver Show. Hello, Paul. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Well, hey, I just commented on that game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, we were all dressed up and, and stayed really nice and warm, even though yeah, I saw Johnny out there and it is just his shirt looking for the flyover that never happened. It was yeah. kind of, yeah. I kind of chuckled when I saw him out there. I was looking for Santa Claus and it, it didn't happen. <laughs> I, I don't I know, John, I was looking up too and wondering where it went, but mm-hmm. maybe maybe we missed it or else it was just a, Phantom flyover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no, I, you know, I've, I go with Dave from Tumwater. I said, I, I think our, if we had a little bit better quarterback, it's, it's, it's just hard to 
put your mind around how we held Washington and USC to 17 points. Yet Cal scored, what, 38 points against USC? 35. And Washington yeah. scored 37 points against Oregon? I mean, yes. it's, it's just a mind-boggler. So what Dave says is absolutely true. We need better play from the quarterback position because our defense is doing just great. Defense is fantastic. Yeah, and I do think in that respect, Paul, that Ben did take some good stuff. I thought his second half against California was maybe his best overall half as a quarterback, which bodes well heading down to Arizona State. And if he is the quarterback of record in the rivalry game each week, I think helps him get better. Yeah, well, I think they called different plays, too. We had wide receivers that were running routes where he could hit them down the field where we didn't have that in the first half. Hey, Mike, on a, on a side note, you, you use Fisherman's Friend, don't you? I like them. I don't have them with me on a regular basis. Why do you ask? Because you can't find them. I had to order them online. I had oh. to order them from Amazon. Okay, now, that, yeah, those are good. I, I, I like that product. I haven't really gone out looking for them. You're telling me they're not available just off the shelves in our stores, huh? Bymart is the only place here that has them, and they haven't had them for months, and they just can't get them. Hmm. But anyway, I I got 480 of them online for for 20 bucks, man. Okay, I'd like to buy 80 of them from you, Paul. (laughs) You keep the 400. (laughs) You don't have to buy them. I'll just just front you some. Thanks a lot, Paul. Good talking to you. What did he say you guys were talking about? Fisherman's Friend, the lozenges. Kip Carlson also was a big fan of those and would have them during baseball games when we were together. (laughs) Well, Mike, here, have a Fisherman's Friend. Does it fix the problem? He was on a nil deal with them. Well, it helps. It helps, yes. Huh. Speaking of nil, these things I do not understand. And a collective, yeah. The a collective has been announced, but that features Dick Oldfield, Kyle Bjornstad. It was officially announced today. We will have both of them on this week on the show, and we have hoops tonight, seven thirty, right here, twelve forty, Joe Radio. KEJO Corvallis and translator K two two nine D I Corvallis, the home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.